Welcome to episode 135 of Sports Clicks and Politics, the unmuted version of Sports Clicks and Politics. Thank you for noticing. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the handsome and charming Mr. Ben Hughesong. Mr. Ben Hughesong, how was your weekends? Did we have two weekends? Oh, we only had one. Or did we have two? We had Memorial Day weekend. We had Memorial Day yeah, weekend. Yeah. Memorial yeah. Day weekend was spent at a uh, at Carrier Park out in East Syracuse for travel baseball tournament. Okay, so that's the old Carrier uh uh, manufacturing plant that is now a park sure okay oh that was that, that before your time here that was in the before uh, my time here. area yeah, yeah pretty, pretty sure that was the air conditioning capital of the world for at some point and then uh it's not that anymore it's not anymore it's no a, it's a ballpark yeah it's hot uh but it was it was fun we did that um worked a little bit at the shop and then this past weekend my parents are in town so we did soccer baseball softball all the usual stuff. Went out to Vesper Hills Golf Course. I've heard of it. Dinner on Saturday night. Highly recommended. Great food. Unbelievable views of Atisco Lake. Highly recommend that. Um, and good service as well. So that's a plus. Today is actually my 13th wedding anniversary. Wow. With my wife. So well, happy, happy anniversary, anniversary yeah. to Kristen. Yeah. Somehow tolerated me for 13 years so and far. And me for three, at least. I know. Like, you've been a part of this now. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. Good two weekends. How about you? Well, we had our show birthday on June 1st, Just 2020. Right. That's where our, our very first show right in the middle of the whole crazy. It was actually at the very end of the George Floyd riots slash just at the beginning of COVID. Right. So like Sounds we couldn't, right. have, couldn't have picked a better time to start a show. <laughs> that worked out well. That we were going to talk about the Anunnaki and all of a sudden I we're know. like COVID vaccines. Then it became nonstop, Tony Fauci. And Ivermectin. Oh, we almost yeah, changed yeah. the name of the show to ivermectin hunter biden and something else i can't remember what but <laughs> well before we get into some topics i'm gonna ask everybody here to uh please do your fandom obligatory uh helping supporting of the show and liking the video sharing the video subscribing to the channel leaving us a five-star rate and review uh all of that is much appreciated and uh, help us get the show out there so for sure uh, the, the viewers are going up at, at the scap here uh, show so as they should as they should we got some uh, cool, uh, I, we got this uh, first, I think it's going to be our first interview since we moved to Rumble Ooh. on Wednesday. And it's a good one. And it's a good one. Uh, we'll talk about that near the end of the show, or you can just read the thumbnail and you'll understand. But either way, we have a uh, uh, an exclusive interview, someone who's been with us in the past, but uh, those videos seem to disappear out of the uh, out of the YouTubes anyway, so uh, you can still get them back at, at the, uh, the podcast home, but... Uh, uh, interesting conversation to say the least. For sure. All right. Now, I'm going to cover this story, Mr. Hughesong, only because I feel somewhat obligated uh, because this basically happened in our hometown or near yeah. our hometown, yeah. right? So national news, though. Faye, the mama swan taken from Manly's Pond, was eaten on Memorial Day. This is from Syracuse.com. Thank you for the headline. Yeah, that's right. So first, a little bit of a background. Faye, short for Fayetteville, I'm guessing, since Manny is probably short for Manlius, Fayetteville Manlius. I hate everybody. So Faye and Manny are local legends. Uh, I think 18 years, this specific couple has been uh, uh, residing in the Swan Pond there in town of Manlius in a uh, little southeast of Syracuse, central New York. Well, Memorial Day weekend, uh, the day before Memorial Day, so whatever that was, uh, I think it was Sunday, uh, three teens hopped a fence, killed the swan, the mother swan, took four babies, signets they call them, the kids call them, whatever. I didn't know that. Manny stayed there by himself, uh, is now alone, and uh, they killed the mother, and to make the whole story just a media sensation that went pretty viral uh Faye was eaten on memorial day by the family of one of the teens yeah uh i mean to say that the locals collectively lost their mind is an understatement i would concur with that 
Um, I was like five people get I, murdered here a week, and I, I would, got less news coverage <laughs> of that. Fair. Uh, I was, you know, vilified is probably a strong word uh, for a Facebook post, but people were not happy with my, before we got any names, any, like the information was dripping out so slowly on this that it seemed a little bit weird early on. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Whatever. And then it turned out, obviously we, everybody figured out why it was dripping out. Cause they, I think people, <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, so I'm laughing, which is terrible. I know. I mean, look, objectively, it's kind of funny. I feel bad for the swans, but sure. it's not like these people set out to, like, go make some statement or go torture animals or anything else. Yeah, so and so I had made the—I I, I didn't think it was just absurd or wild or, or evil, but I made the, the only acceptable reason or answer for this, where you could be like, okay, I can get my head around that as the reason right. why the family ate the bird— is that they were immigrants and they didn't really know any better. And this was just somewhat customary, if you will, uh, for their neck of the woods, not here. Believe it or not, in some countries, it's weird to have town pets. And instead, they look at animals as a food source only. Now, that being said, that benefit of the doubt goes to the family for eating the bird. The kids who killed and they, they made the... I'm going to call it a wild assertion that they were hunting for duck and they thought this was a duck or they apparently got permits to hunt duck. Like they went through all the rigmarole, which I could tell you getting a hunting license in this state is not as simple as send me a check. You have to do a lot of stuff. So they put in the effort, they put in the time, they got a hunting license and <laughs> then hopped the fence. Google duck versus swan. Yes. That was where they went hopped wrong. the fence, kill the bird, kidnap, the babies. I don't know if that's the right thing. Anyway, it turns out that, uh, you know, these two of the babies end up at some local uh, retail store here. They're suffering consequences from it. I'm not even sure what their relationship is, but if it's anything, probably deserved, I guess. Um, but the thing made national media. I saw it in USA Today, all the local news things. I mean, it was being shared around Twitter. It was trending. It was all the things that you could possibly want out of a local news story, other than the fact that it was about a local swan being eaten for Memorial Day. The story took a very xenophobic turn. Let's go with that. Because it uh, turned out to not be a bunch of, like, rabble-rousers trying to cause trouble. Now, I will say, we don't know... We only got one name so far, right? Yeah. Last name seems... Hassan. Ethnic. Hassan, yeah. H-A-S-S-A-N. The two other teens were under 18, so their names were not released. They could have been Ben Hannon. Right. And we don't know, right? And it could have been just... So these people were workers at this retail store. Uh, they were co-workers. So they, I don't know that all three of the teens were related. They might not sure. have been. So there could be just the one that we know. Imar, I mean, Aman Hassan, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, who Probably did not, who Iowa. did not, who, yeah, did not present well in the one piece of video footage where he looked kind of like a crazed Merrill, uh, Charles Manson. He was know. like laughing. Right. He looked a little crazy with uh, sure. whatever. It didn't come across well. So it kind of fed into the whole thing that, oh my God, we got a crazy person in our midst. But anyway, so I, I'm guessing we'll get some additional news about the family or something, but I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if they're going to out the family. Like I'm guessing there are people who know. Sure. Um, I have not done that research, uh, nor do I think I ever will, but, um, crazy it was just a weird like the emotion was you know expected but man it was it was like really noticeable for a couple days where like people were losing their minds everybody people were mad yeah people like to get mad though it's just that simple yeah i guess i just i've kind of accepted but look if, if the guy did literally like worst case scenario this kid literally knew what he was doing went in and did it every way yeah, you know, get arrested, punish him, fine him, whatever. Yeah, and that's why I, I said, the, you know, those kids should be me. should be punished. Whatever, you know, you jump the fence, right? Like, I mean, yeah, in their yeah. hunting, when they were filling out their hunting or doing their own, you know. It's, it's so uh, long. What? Yeah, but I'm sure there was no part in there where they were like, when you're out hunting ducks and you've come across a locked fence, jump it, right? So that was no. not part of their instruction. So I'm assuming this was a ad lib at best. Uh, yeah, I think they, they definitely went a little off script. They were like, oh, look. I mean, I'm sure they didn't know the bird couldn't fly, but they were like, oh, a bird's wings of sitting duck, if you will. Quite literally. literally. Yes. Well, almost. Almost figuratively, I guess. But anyway. So crazy story here out of the uh, the CNY. 
I don't know. I, I, don't figured, I figured we should. Hey, I don't have. I didn't have a strong opinion other than before I got in a name. Even before I got a name, I was like, all right, what scenario can I wrap my head around that right. makes this at least make a little sense? As opposed to we're living in a clown world, which right. I know we are. Sure. So and again, these other two names, like literally, they could be you know sure. Sean Hughesong, and we don't know. Like they could be just normal Syracuse kids, not immigrants, who should participated and should have known better and should have said something to stop it or at least, gonna, I don't know, something. It's going to turn out that these two white kids were playing a practical joke on their boy. Um, what is it, Aman was his first name? Aman Hassan, yes. Yeah, Aman, they were just playing a joke on him. They couldn't believe he actually went through and shot this one. Now they're in too deep. Yeah. They, I don't think they shot him. I think they strangled him. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so much first. I just assumed they shot him. No. Oh, my God. That's messed up. <laughs> I'm almost positive. I don't think there was any shots fired. <laughs> you know the Swan Pond is right in front of the Manly's Police Department, right? No. It's directly in front of it. It's right in front of it. So they... <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, it's right there. There's the library, the police, and the Swan Pond. Oops. And the ice cream shop. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway... I'm guessing they'll, uh, you know, Swan's made for life, so apparently Manny's going to have to go. They, they have to relocate Manny and do something with the babies, and they got right. to start all over here. So it's a whole new clan coming into the town of Manlius. So there That's was not this... funny that they choked the swan. I, I, I shouldn't have laughed. Yeah. It just caught me very off guard. Yeah, no. Yeah, there was no hunting technique. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not messing with Amon. He's badass. Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, it all is. Right. Let's move on to something more terrible, I guess. Sure. Again, five people a week get murdered here. Nobody says anything, but one dude chokes a swan and we all lose our minds. Uh, fair. Uh, like I said, I, I'm, I was, I knew the story was going to get attention, but I just didn't know it was going to be crazy. So, but anyway, if you, if you didn't know about the swan being eaten on Memorial Day, now you do. So you're there welcome. You go. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, all right. So another terrible uh, person, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so we got a new, uh, uh, let me pull this article up here for you guys. Uh, we got a new uh, trove of uh, names and documents from the uh, calendar release that uh, is uh, happening here. So um, let me switch. Let me get to the actual story here. Wow, I'm messing up big time over here, Mr. Hume. Luckily, nobody can see what's going on in the background here, just me and you. All right, that's good. Because <laughs> you are not bad at 1,000 right now. No. Um, all right. Oh, my God, I totally changed something that I've never seen before. Now we're going to be in trouble. Okay, here we go. Man, this is solid live broadcasting here. Here we go. Exclusive. There we go. The Jeffrey Epstein Files trove of never-before-seen emails. Calendars gives an unprecedented insight into the late pedophiles network. So, new names are listed here. Chris Rock. Ouch. Comedian. Uh, Peter Thiel. Uh, tech entrepreneur. Richard Branson. Not great. Uh, virgin uh, person there, guy. Virgin um, galactic. Virgin yeah, all, the, all that stuff. I mean, David Blaine. Magician. The magician. I don't want to make a blanket like all these people were participating in the in the the evilness of the uh, empire of Epstein there, right? And so I don't benefit of the doubt to, to some degree. All these calendar entries are after or post two thousand eight, right? So all of these people should have known to some degree what was going on with this dude and who this dude was. Cause I'm guessing you're not just being like, Oh, this is just some rich dude who whatever, like everybody knows, especially since enough people are out now being like, Oh yeah, we all knew back then, you know, there's always been rumors about whatever. I'm like, okay, well then, so if there was rumors and all these people, all these names in this calendar yeah, heard, should have heard the rumors. Right. So I don't want to give them a pass either. Right. I mean, it takes, it would take a, you know, I'm, I guess a pretty naive person just to overlook the information and not try to figure out anything. So um, I'm guessing we're going to get more names. Uh, these calendar things are, are, again, just keep dripping out. And we got the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands uh, lawsuit still going on uh, against J.P. Morgan. 
I, you know, names is one thing. Calendar meetings is another thing. And if you have, uh, you know, 13 meetings in a month, you, you could probably say you're pretty, uh, you know, tight with so, some of these people like Jess Daly, for example, the former, uh, JP Morgan guy there who's being uh, sued there. Um, I don't know. I, none of this is, none of this is anywhere close to the equivalent of a actual rock solid client list, which is what we're all looking for at this point. Right. So like these names are, are, you know, interesting for sure. I see the uh, Napster, uh, Sean Parker, the Napster guy. Did you have Napster back in the day? I'm who didn't. I mean, I listen, I used to had Napster on AOL dial up. So like I spend my, my nights were just flooded with downloading shit from Napster. But anyway, yeah. Um, I don't know. Tommy Matola. You know, former, uh, I don't know if he's still the, uh, like, president of uh, one of those uh, entertainment companies used to, married to Mariah Carey there. I don't know. I guess it really goes to kind of show this dude was connected beyond, like, any normal person. He literally is the evil Forrest Gump. Like, he, the, the, the web of influence this dude had is... Like no other. There's no other person that I would point to and be like, oh, yeah, that person is involved with entertainment and finance and science and what all these politics, right. all this thing, in like in deep. I mean, I guess if you have, you know, billions of dollars in uh, uh, videotapes of compromised uh, individuals, I guess you can gain influence. But um, I don't know. We'll keep, keep an eye on uh, the Epstein list here. I, I, like I said... New names out of this jump, out of this dump. Arena Shayek. I don't know who some of these people are. Wendy Murdoch. Apparently, that's uh, one of the, the one of the, I think the Murdoch's ex-wives, I think, or whatever. But I don't know. Woody Allen. Woody Allen has been out. He came out with the the week before, so he came out in the Woody Allen uh, dump with um, who else? I don't know. There was uh, Norm Chomsky or Norm Chomsky. No. Who else? It was like three other, three or four other people who came out. Uh, that maybe even Jamie Dimon was part of that interest there, but. Again, it just goes to show the level of, you know, power and influence this guy was 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 touching. So, and most like, I mean, we we this was part of the thing where you know it didn't say they were he was bribing Bill Gates per se for uh, you know underage actions or anything like that. But Epstein was clearly aware that uh, Bill Gates uh, had an affair with a. Russian bridge player there and uh, basically held that over Gates's head to, you know, he said, oh, you know, it, you know, implied that uh, if you, if you didn't give me some money to whatever, uh, you know, this is going to be public news. So, I mean, he was, Epstein was clearly bribing people. I mean, blackmailing, I, I, blackmailing, I keep saying that backwards, but uh, definitely blackmailing people. And, you know, to what end is kind of the underlying question for all of this. So let's move on to another scumbag. Hunter Biden, another uh, trove of uh, photos from the Hunter Biden laptop, which we are not going to go here to. No, but no, oh, we've already seen come it. On. We, no, no, we're not doing it. Um, but yeah, we don't. We, we've seen enough. I, a, I a small sample is plenty of. Uh, we we know where, where they can go, I guess. But but some of this stuff is uh, you know going to come back to to Hunter Biden. You know, the New York Post do us fine here. I'll give you this one. There we go. Not, don't you feel better now? That dude's healthy. <laughs> so if you're interested in uh, checking out, uh, these are apparently in chronological order uh, extracted from the laptop. So if you want to go do a timeline, apparently there's a bunch of nudes of Haley Biden in there, which they didn't publish. But I figured I would put that out there. Yes, that's Bo's widow slash Hunter's girlfriend. Right. As I can't remember which of the congressmen said that, it was like, I don't know how you want to classify her, Bo's, you know, widow or Hunter's girlfriend. I was like, oh my God, terrible. But anyway. It's a rough one. A bigger Hunter Biden story, though, I think, Mr. Husung, is his defense of his gun charge. For you know, If you're aware, this was the, the charge. Everybody was like, okay, well, he's in the videos. You could see he had a gun and he clearly has a, uh, 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 a permit to... Uh, have said gun but uh, on the questionnaire basically asked you if you were a drug addict and he said no and clearly he knew he was a drug addict and whatever so here we go uh, he is now fighting this drug charge 
the gun charge, uh, basically citing his Second Amendment rights. So uh, kudos to the Biden family for maybe uh, their newfound uh, bringing in the yeah bringing in a new uh, 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 a heart stronger uh, Second Amendment here. So uh, I found this. I'm going to follow this one a little bit long because this is interesting. If because this is I figure was the the one charge that everybody's like, okay, everybody just agreed that this is a charge. You have this, you did this, you have that. Here's the charge. So I don't know, we'll see. Second Amendment might come uh, come in handy for uh, Hunter Biden. So Hunter Biden's Second Amendment warrior. Yeah, you like that, right? That's amazing. Weird, weird. Uh, what's the bedfellows thing? Politics makes strange bedfellows. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I did see something, and I don't know if this is true or not. I didn't have a chance to verify it. This said the site that was posting all of the Hunter Biden photos was shut down under the concern that it was dispensing child pornography. Oh, well, that's not good. If all they were posting was photos well, from the laptop, that's not good news. Yeah, well, I can't. I don't think that that would be. I mean, listen, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt of the person. Who did the, but if the person who was running the laptop was purposely pulling down Haley Biden photos. Why yeah, would they, they not pull, pull down the kid They would yeah, pull those down too. I can't imagine that would be the fact. I mean, they can cite whatever reason they want to pull down their website, but it is what it is, I guess. So, I don't know. <laughs> Pro-Trump website pushes 10,000 photos from Hunter Biden's laptop. We're living in a clown world. <laughs> oh, God, that's outstanding. Yeah, we're terrible. You All had right. to make it about Trump. Always. Everything's about Trump. All I right. know. All right. So if you want Epstein and Hunter Biden info, there's tons of it out there. I don't know. I'm guessing even if this website is uh, taken down, there's other sites who have the pictures by now anyway. So I'm not going to go look for them. I'm sure you can if you have the time. Yeah, I don't think the real bad stuff's up there. No. I don't, I, and I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was – I think it was purposely, you know – redacted some of the curated yeah yeah they they made sure that it was uh what i thought was they were going to make sure that they were you know i'm sure salacious but not illegal kind of things that they're or not doxing or like they were going to try to contain and control right just kind of but just display right like here here's what here's what we found but who knows i don't know all right i guess we're going to talk about the debt ceiling here i don't really I hate talking about stuff like the debt ceiling and other things, but um, because there's so much nuance and procedure stuff and technical stuff and I don't know, there's just a bunch of different uh, things that's hard to to fully digest, I guess, uh, in a 10-minute segment here, which we're going to try to do. But I I really want to focus on one part of the debt ceiling. So... As you guys know, the debt ceiling passed with uh, uh, more Democrat votes than uh, Republican votes, uh, but a bipartisan uh, fiscal responsibility act is what they called it. So I'm not sure that there's any fiscal responsibility really per se uh, that anybody would point to here. But because I have a long leash of respect for Representative Thomas Massey, I'm going to... so. Thomas Massey was part of, I feel like, the negotiation for the speakership that we're going to put Massey on the Rules Committee, which he is on the Rules Committee. Yeah. So the Rules Committee had to pass this this bill out. It has to pass out of the Rules Committee before it can be voted on. And so there was a thought that Massey being there would be a check on all the things, right? whatever the, the things that you're concerned about because Massey has a, you know, he's the guy who called Congress back in to vote on the $3 trillion Trump bill during COVID, right? Like, so everybody kind of has, whether or not you agree with the things, you're like, okay, at least he seems like a principled dude. Like, he seems right. to, like, have a priority list in his head and he's trying to, you know, whatever he thinks he can do to get the system to operate correctly, sure. he's trying to, I feel like he's trying to do that. Sure. So he has, a, again, a, I have respect for him, you know, Whatever he, I, I can see what he's trying to do. Whether or not he's successful is 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 a thing here. So, again, I'm not going to go through this article and what's in the daily or what's in the uh, in the the fiscal responsibility act. But I want to go to to. So, let me get some of this right here. So I, I'm, 
I'm copied some of this uh, from a uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene tweet where she was basically coming to Thomas Massey's defense about what their what was agreed upon within this uh, uh, this new debt ceiling race. Yeah. So, and listen, I you know there's a they still an unchecked on Ukraine funding, there's a bunch of problems with this, right? So like, I'm not, this is not me trying to be like cheerleader for the, the this uh, uh, new debt ceiling raise. But if we're going to try to side with Thomas Massey here, so Massey, I don't know if it's the, the somebody called it the Massey's debt ceiling tool. So it's a tool, and I'm going to read some of um, what, I paraphrase some of what Marjorie Taylor Green was tweeting about. So I'm going to read some of this here. In the debt ceiling bill, there is a tool provided to us that requires the House to pass 12 separate appropriations bills from the 12 different appropriations subcommittees. And if we can't get them passed, then we automatically pass a funding CR, continuing resolution, with an automatic 1% cut to funding. So this is a way, and I'll, I'm going to just read more more. Uh, a little bit more here. In the past, the 12 appropriations bills would get put together in bill packages anywhere from threes to sixes. So they would group these appropriation subcommittee bills. Sure. They would group them by, you know, whatever, and then get votes uh, uh, and then put them out to vote that way. Because um, that was done. So leadership could force everyone to vote for all 12 funding appropriations, even if they didn't agree on several of the appropriations bills. So this is like what they do in New York state where they jam everything into the budget just because right. they're going to pass it because this is where, if you're going to get anything passed, this is where you're going to get a pass. So the tool is supposed to break, uh, you know, at least slow down, if not put an end to this, this way of voting. Right. So where you, we could conceivably, if we do get 12 separate appropriations bills. We then can start holding our representatives, our Congress people accountable to which of these appropriations bills they, they do vote for and don't vote for. And they won't have the defense of, well, I had to support the military or I had to support this pet project or this, whatever, because the other appropriations bill were whatever. So in Massey, and if you look at this thing, I have, uh, uh this is a, uh, a tweet from June 2nd here. So, um, for those of you playing at home, I encourage you to go look at, uh, this is a tweet from June 2nd, uh, 6.14 p.m., uh, and I'll just read it here. So he has, uh, it's a color-coded chart from the uh, the, C the Congressional Budget Office. Uh, it says where he's got arrows pointing to uh, this year's spending to next year's spending cap um, and shows the, the 23, compared to 2023, 2024, and 2025. And it shows how with the CR, the 1% continuing resolution, they're actually... It's not a 1% slowing of growth. It's an actual 1% reduction of spending, mm -hmm. right? So for all these other debt ceiling things that I've gone through, and there's been too many, so all I don't right. really pay This is why I didn't really want to talk about these. All, all, in my, I feel like it gets way more attention than it actually should. Um, there was a time where I thought it was, you know, the thing, and I was like, okay, well, we can just end all this by just, stop, you know, stop raising the debt ceiling. Why do we have a debt ceiling if we can just raise it, right? Like, I totally... What's the point? Right. And so, and some people just want to get rid of it, and I'm not saying they should or shouldn't, but, like, at this point, we don't have one anyway, so whatever. But anyway, so, but really, what the... All of the previous debt ceiling discussions revolved around not cuts from the baseline spending. They were basically cuts from projected growth, right? So they were right. always increasing, Right. The spending was always increasing. No matter all these other debt ceiling raises, whatever, whatever there was never a slowing of growth, ever a reduction of growth, ever zero, no, no zero, no yeah. times. So this setup puts a something in place that could conceivably actually reduce federal spending, which it only works if Congress does their job, as uh, Thomas Massey uh, put it, and they have to, you know, go through this process of these twelve appropriations bills. And if they can't pass those, then one percent cut automatically kicks in in January. You know, let's talk about this again in January, and we'll see what it looks like. Uh, you know, people, I've seen some, you know, high level discussions that maybe something you could probably digest better than I could, talking about, you know. Uh, technical analysis of this uh, breakdown. Um, 
like I said, it's not great. We're spending more this year for sure. And you, again, Ukraine doesn't have anything, you know, there's no slowing of any kind of money going to Ukraine, whatever, but it's the first time where there actually could be something in place in the future that might be a measurable reduction in spending. And so, like I said, if Massey's right and Congress can do their job and fund these appropriation bills, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe we have progress. I, I literally, I mean, I've, I've given like the, the debt ceiling thing to me is because it's such a, you know, it's only one of a handful of ways where money technically gets allocated kind of, um, but so is appropriations, right? So like, right. so if they can get, if they can get the appropriation funding part of the government working, then some of the debt ceiling, the, 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 the hullabaloo around the debt ceiling goes away. So I, I don't know. I'm fingers crossed for Thomas Massey's plan, I guess. I mean, he's getting killed. I mean, he's he literally is. getting killed. Um, well, he's getting killed by the people on the right and the more libertarian side of like, how could you agree to this? this yeah. Is- and people are like, you know, we put you in power. This is why we gave you power. The, you know, the first time we gave right. you had something and you blew it. And I, I've, I've seen all the arguments. And like I said, the, I wish there was something that would have addressed Ukraine spending, I just, there's other ways to do that too. And this is not the end all be all of everything. And I think that maybe the, that ceiling gets too much credit or blame if you, whatever way you want to uh, uh, phrase it for the spending where um, there's other ways to control the spending too. Like this is not the, the only way. So I don't know. Well, again, we'll see what happens in January and sure. see how uh, um, the spending turns out. But I don't know. I figured I would at least, keep an open mind and see if Massey's gamble here pays off sometime in the, in the near future. So I actually agree with you. I, I, I hate the deal and I hate the process that this deal always gets done by of like, Hey guys, we all know the system's broken. We all know there's massive problems. Both sides acknowledge it and we got to fix it, but this isn't the time. This is too important. We are going to default in the United States. Now, meanwhile, yeah, no, just for real quickly, I've heard the default thing so many times, like the federal government takes in so much revenue that they would never, the, the first thing that they're doing is always paying off the interest on the debt. Like they right. have enough money to do that. Listen, it's getting larger. I fully acknowledge. And it's crazy how much it is, but that would be the first thing that they would always pay off. Correct. All right. And it's not that social security is going to get eliminated. They're not going to be able to make the VA payments. Like, no, there's a lot of stuff that would go first. They're just using this to scare you. And I hate this whole process and both sides do it of, look, we all know it's got to, but not this time. This time it's just too important. There is too much at stake. We just need to get something in. And so they give us this. The most, dr- of- the most dramatic road ceremony. I mean, the most dramatic debt ceiling raise ever, ever. 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 So they give us this flaming bag of crap and say, look, I know it's not perfect, but it's better. So next time we'll do it. And then the next time rolls around and they're like, I I know, but it's down to the wire. This came right. This came out of nowhere. This deadline's here. Like now the deadline's been set since the last flaming pile of crap that you set on fire and, and handed to me. You've known about it. You do nothing. You wait till the 11th hour and then you jam this down everybody's throat and tell them to just smile and take it. So I hate the entire process. I hate the entire back and forth. At the same time, I hate this particular deal for the same reason. There's no such thing as spending cuts. All there are is we're not going to spend more as quickly as we originally wanted to, which is insanity. Like, hey, buddy, you got to eat less chips to my kid. You got to. You got to eat less chips. It's so unhealthy for you. It's so bad for you. Like, well, dad, I've already projected that I was going to triple my chip intake by the next two years, but you know what? I'll only double it cutting like that's the level of stupidity that gets jammed down our throats as American citizens. And we just smile and go, Oh, thank God. I'm not on the other team. So I like, I hate every part of this. And I made this point earlier. The Republicans only care about spending when the Democrats are in charge and there's a democratic president. That's it. Which is somehow still more often than the Democrats care about spending. Like that's just the reality of the two parties. So we got this deal. I hate it. But I actually do, like, Thomas Massey, I don't like that he's on board with it, and it hits me wrong. Yeah. But I I agree. He's earned a certain benefit of the doubt that most politicians have not earned with me to go, okay, I'm willing to, to like, not drag you right now just to see what happens. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out. So let's find out. Yeah. And he, you know, if you can, he's, 
posted a few things about this. And he was signaling before this that he was basically going to vote yes for it because he was he was putting out information um, pre-vote that was kind of like um, making you think about it if you were going to, if it was going to pass, just think about these things kind of thing. So I clearly, I, I think, listen, he's taking his, you know, I say he's taking his reputation, but I mean, the, the thing he did in COVID will always be the thing that he should be remembered by. I mean, the fact that he brought all of Congress back to vote on the biggest spending bill in the history never will never change. Right. He did right. that. It's, he's always has that his, uh, what it, when uh, Trump called him a third-rate politician, and then he defended himself, he says he's at least second-rate. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll live in infamy, and deservingly so. For or you know, he, he that was a defining moment for him, and right. I think it it, which is the reason why I want to give him the benefit of the doubt here. And I, we didn't we didn't mention the we didn't we're not, we didn't have this part of the uh, discussion here, but. This man is not well. Sorry. All right, but so go. go Stop go, letting him lead the country. Go, Stop forcing him out there. He go, is not well. Go go check out Thomas Massey. Oh, I forgot Thomas follows me. Look at you, you big shot. Something like that. But anyway, I so I want to again. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for the because he follows because, you because he follows me and I'm cool with it. But because he's built up a. Some credit. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's built up, he's built up yeah, again, a, a, a long leash of credibility it. with me. And I'm going to, you know, again, hopefully in January, he can basically say, I told you so, like he did with the COVID thing, right? I also freely acknowledge Thomas Massey understands the appropriation spending and rules processes far more than I ever will. Yeah, if you go back on his timeline, to. he basically, he gives a, he gives like a five, he's like, this is how money is spent in, in the federal government. He lists a thing. He's like, the fact that you read this, you know more about how money is spent when I got here in Congress. So he basically says like, there's a, there's multiple ways that money gets spent. And these are the, the yeah. ways and that that's healing being one of them. Um, and th- those were part of those, that's that those tweets were pre vote. So I, those were some of the things where I'm like, okay, I can see he's setting up a, this is going to pass. And this is what we need to do now kind of thing right. when it does pass. So again, fingers crossed that Massey pulls this off. And you know, if he does, Man, all the best, Massey twenty twenty eight. I, I don't think he'd ever run for president, but interesting. I don't know. Like I said, I, I just wanted to, I, with all the fire and heat and hate and all the other stuff for the 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 Republicans who did vote for it. Um, maybe there's a silver lining. They Sounds big mad, big mad for sure. So, all right, let's move on. We're going to talk a little bit about COVID vaccines. Ah, it's been a while. Why not? Yeah. And we have a couple of different stories that we can talk about, about the COVID vaccines. Uh, first, remember when uh, they were locking down schools for everybody's safety all, all over the place? Because kids were enormous vectors of disease yeah. and long COVID was rampant and kids were dying, even though the anti-vaxxers like you and me were saying they weren't. Yeah. I remember. Headline, zero young healthy individuals died of COVID-19, Israeli data shows. Um, But how they rate young is anybody under the age of 49. 18 to 49. Zero deceased of 18 to 49 euros uh, with no underlying conditions from the Israel Ministry of Health. Um, That's about 10 million people, about nine and a half million. So. Israel. Shocked face. I mean. When people ask me, I mean, so obviously in 2020, it was three years ago, so I was under 50 in this exact age group, and people who said, like, why would you get the vaccine? I'm like, I'm a 49-year-old, you know, like, not obese with no underlying condition. Like, why would I get it? Like, right. what, what do you mean? So, and this was the exact reason, like, because people like me and those younger than me, like you and everybody else, were at real no risk ever of this disease we got very good at saying this the statistical risk of death for me from covid is zero that doesn't mean i couldn't get hit by that bolt of lightning but statistically the risk was zero and that was what we established early on on here as we were reading and watching and researching and learning and listening and then uh 
the idea that this was then now you got to flip back around to so if the risk of death was roughly zero which it always was by the way they didn't voluntarily give this up they got sued and had to d- yeah. disclose this information yeah it was a freedom of from inf- uh freedom of information request by attorney ori zabi sure o-r-i-x-a-b-i yeah cool name i believe he was the one who commented like a on star it, wars like, character zero is not open to much interpretation yeah. zero is zero so i this is where my point again of if you look back and just bear with me here this was not unexpected. This was not like, oh my God, how did this happen? This is way. This is what the data indicated all along. If you actually looked at the raw data, if you listened to the people at the CDC, then yeah, this is shocking, and you had no idea, and you think this can't be yeah, right. We we mentioned in real time how the average age of death of COVID was higher than the morta- the life average, expectancy. Yeah, it was higher than life expectancy, and the average number of comorbidities was like six, and yet somehow when they tested the vaccines. Nobody had any comorbidities. Like, I didn't know you could find 46,000 people without comorbidities in the United States. I, I'm blown away yeah, that they found it. Didn't even ask me. I know, these idiots. Anyways, so I, I this is where I'll go take it to is, so we know now that anybody under the age of 49 was at a statistically insignificant risk of death if they had no comorbidities or if they were even in good health. Let's just not even say exemplary. Here's the question that I have for you. And knowing the vaccines were never once tested to see if they block transmission. Never, ever, ever. How, how, ask yourself this truly, how did the vaccines ever get approved for emergency use authorization for people under the age of 49? Or six. Or six. Or whatever the number is. Like you're talking, (laughs) there is a zero there's zero basis in science for this to have been approved on an emergency use because even if you thought oh a long COVID or whatever else but that's not what they put in on the emergency use authorization application it wasn't that it was the only thing they could say was a reduction in the number of people getting COVID you don't get you don't do emergency use for something that is ultimately psychosomatic you don't it was the death. That was why they pushed it. That was why they kept going and they kept saying, well, now it looks like it's transmission. And we kept saying, you can't say that. You have no idea. That's insane. You you didn't test for that. And we got called science deniers and everything else because, you know, some of us took the time to theorists read contrarian opinions and, and look at data for ourselves. And we were too stupid to understand it. Somehow we were right again. Um, but. I, like, I know that's a funny question, and, and it's sort of sarcastic and rhetorical, but at the same time, I don't mean it rhetorical at all. Outside of blatant corruption and pay-to-play, what could these scientists, if their motives were genuine, but they just made a mistake, how did they approve any of these COVID vaccines for emergency use authorization when it had no data to support the fact that it blocked transmission and the people that they approved it for were at no risk of dying of COVID. Now, they could have done, A, anybody 65 plus, anybody 50 and over, your emergency use authorization is approved. Anybody under 59, you can get it, but you need to demonstrate that you have some significant health problem that warrants the emergency use authorization. But they didn't do that. They said, anybody. Then they started offering incentives. Then they started making threats. Then they started trying to coerce people. Then they tried to block your travel. Then they tried to make you two tiers of citizens. All for a vaccine that never prevented transmission from a virus that was at a statistical 0% chance of killing you. And then they tried to lie and cover up the data until they got sued. So there's um, the American government's even worse. They're still not like they have the Pfizer data, the one they asked for 70 years to hand it all over. And they're just slow dripping it out. So I don't know if this will infuriate you like it did me. So I had somebody uh, out petitioning for some Republican candidates uh, during the uh, independent petitioning period that just ended. Came to my door. And I was like, I'm like, all right, I'll sign. Who am I signing for, right? And I named some, I'm like, oh, this person hates me. I'm like, I'll sign anyway, whatever. I'm just signing because I'm nice. Right. I get to the point, you know, the last one. I'm like, oh, this one I know. I don't know this other person. Like the guy, he's like, and the guy's a well-known, he, this guy's running for office as well. He knows me as who Most I Most of know. them do in local <laughs> politics. Um, and so I'm being, I'm, you know, trying to, I'm being as uh, 
cordial as I can signing his sheets because I don't have to. I could be like, go F yourself. Right. Um, but the la- I, I came up with the last person. I'm like, oh, this person's new. Uh, that, she probably hates me too. And he's like, oh. He's like, nobody hates you. And I'm like, I almost said, I almost said his name. I'm like, um, I'm like, you know, everybody hates me. I'm like, I totally get it. Like, he's like, why do they hate you? And I'm like, ever since COVID. I mean, like, he's like, you know, because I called out Ryan as a petty tyrant and basically, you know, was in over his head, basically. And I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but I was insinuating that. Tyrant was used more than once. Um, and he was like, oh, no, that's just water under the bridge. So he didn't care about COVID at all anymore. Like, because his guy was terrible at it. Like, it's water under the bridge to that dude now. I'll never forget. So. Uh, listen, I think it's hilarious that the people that were wrong are like, all right, you know what? It's all done. Nobody's mad about you anymore. Like, well, why would you be mad at me? I was right. Yeah. How are you going to be mad at me? Like, I, I said things that were accurate and true. Well, you were jamming down authoritarian measures down everybody's throats, yeah. limiting businesses, putting people out of work. And somehow I'm supposed to be the one like, oh, you're you're ready to move on and just forget about it. Oh, how benevolent of you. Yeah. How about an apology? How about a, hey, just a Maya call, but I don't need a personal apology. Yeah. How about an acknowledgement that you were wrong and yeah. terribly wrong? And I took the hiring of the new uh, Onondaga County health uh, director there who was served on the original COVID team, like as a clear acknowledgement of like, we didn't learn shit. <laughs> Right. Like we're like, oh, we're just going to double down on these terrible people who were not good at the beginning just because they were good or, you know, because they were on our side or whatever. Like there's there's that person just failed up and it it's happens. There's con- no consequence non-stop. for being no, wrong. Zero. And somehow there were consequences for you for being right. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You were right, but you were the minority. So now, like, no, nope, we can't have you do yeah. all this. Like, I'm the I'm the terrible person. Right. It's just that's what's so confusing about all of this. And the more data that comes out like this, really, just, people don't want to know. People don't want to see this. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to cons- they don't want to consider this possibility. It's just but it's reality. Yeah. You want to know who doesn't also want to know who? Former President Donald Trump. Oh, no, he does not. All right, so I'm going to set this up a little bit. This is uh, uh, Trump speaking at a rally in Iowa. And I I don't think you can really hear the question being asked from the crowd, but it's about vaccines. Um, And I'll read from this is, uh, I got to pull up a tweet here uh, from Citizen Citizen Free Press. The Iowa voter, and they have the quotas, we have lost... We have lost people because of your of your supported the because you supported the jab, which is obviously the the, the vaccine, um, and you'll be able to hear Trump's response here pretty clearly. Uh, but basically, this is somebody in the crowd. I'm you know guessing a Republican, probably, maybe even a former Trump supporter, but you know who knows. Uh, but basically, expressing concern to Trump about the vaccine. So let me play this and then. Um, uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Well, you know, Everybody wanted a vaccine at that time. And I was able to do something that nobody else could have done, getting it done very, very rapidly. But I never was for mandates. I was I thought the mandates were terrible. And and you know, there's a big portion of the country that thinks that was a great thing. You understand that. Not a lot of the people in this room, but there's a big but there is a big portion. All right. So complete disconnect from reality here the ego on this man yeah. never ceases to amaze and so I, he obviously tr- talks about his you know how our operation warp speed how uh, great it was and you know i think we talked about this he probably would have signed him each syringe in gold ink if you were to let him um <laughs> and remember he tried to take credit for the the covid checks or whatever it was and he was like oh but my name you know he, he, did, he literally wanted to have like Donald Trump checks going out to everybody. He's a, again, cause he's an egomaniac. But anyway, so this is going to be his downfall. I feel like if there is one in the Republican if side, there is one. 
Yeah, I agree with that. That's so. In the fact that he's trying to run, uh, did you see the thing I shared where uh, former Governor Cuomo came out and like finally Trump speaking the truth? New York did it right during COVID. Florida got it wrong, right? I'm paraphrasing, but that was basically the fact that Andrew Cuomo is coming to your defense. You're on the wrong side of history so far that it's he's he's literally disconnected. I don't know if he's just going to try to if he actually knows it and he's just going to lie through it and be like I'm not going to admit any blame. The vaccine was great. And so I don't know if he's going to do that or if he really is just disconnected and thinks the vaccine was a wonderful thing. I can't believe that's true. The second part. I think he's just going to I think he he's got to realize that it was a bad thing. Uh, you know, net negative and by far and it should be the thing that takes him down. If it if he's going to go down, it's the failure to learn. It's the failure to acknowledge you got anything wrong. It's the it, that's what's so frustrating about it. Of you, the CARES Act was you. Operation Warp Speed was you. The initial recommendation for two weeks to slow the curve and putting Anthony Fauci's front and center in our lives was you. You did all these things. The sale of offensive weaponry to the Ukraine was you. Like, the idea that you can't acknowledge that there was negatives that came along with this shows you're not willing to learn from any of these mistakes. So you're going to run with all this bluster and everything else to come into the... And if you somehow win, you're not going to drain the swamp. You're going to surround yourself with terrible people once again, and you're going to do whatever you think makes your brand and legacy look the best. That's it. That's who you are now. That's what I have no reason to believe you're not going to be at this point. Do I think what they're doing to you from a national media and establishment standpoint is wrong? Yep, absolutely. But you want my full-throated support, I can't give it to you. Not even close. I can't give you half my support because you can't acknowledge anything you did was incorrect. So if you can't learn from your mistakes, why in the world do I think we should send you back? Like how easy of a pivot would have been like at some point within the last year and a half being like I was lied to by Burks and Fauci I'm never going to do that again you know lesson learned like take the mea culpa he'll win by 30 right he would he would have it would have been a landslide the you know I guess that's uh narcissist behavior is just never being able to admit that you're wrong ever zero I mean yeah, it turns out eliminating all the safeguards for drug development from vax or from uh, pharmaceutical companies may not have been the best idea ever. I shouldn't have listened to those people. Yeah, crazy. I don't know. Like I said, the vaccines and the initiation of the two week to to slow this flatten the curve should be the reasons why he's unelected. Like he should be he, disqualified. Like voters should be like, no, you got it wrong. Too bad. Like w- way wrong. Like, and without admitting it at all, like it should just be over. But you know, and he, then he just, and then he started going after like Kemp down in Georgia and these governors are like, we're opening up. And he's like, it's too soon. They, they're going to do, they're going to ruin our progress. Like, yeah. and all then, right. And then I saw Trump went up three points in the poll and DeSantis went down two in the last in the race. I was like, okay, I, I whatever. I mean, they're polls, so who knows? A long, long way away till 2024, but... Yeah, yeah, we got time. But this is... I mean, listen, if I was in DeSantis's camp, this is where I'd be just hitting Trump all, over and over, over. Like, just like a, you know... Hey, remind me, who, who initiated Operation Warp Speed? Who was it that put... Had the capacity to fire Anthony Fauci at any time? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. One more COVID vaccine story. And this will be a tease for our Wednesday interview. And so uh, before we get into this last article, I'll remind everybody again to please like and share the video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, leave us a five-star rate and review if you listen to us uh, in podcast form. So this is from the Brownstone Institute. Headline says, the Vax Gene Files, kind of a, you know, whatever. An accidental discovery. Uh-oh. Um, and so I'm going to start here with our boy, Kevin McKernan. 
So Kevin McKernan is going to join the show Wednesday for a uh, little uh, maybe 30, 40 minute interview I asked for. So uh, he has agreed to do that. So we're going to do this Wednesday morning and uh, post that video out Wednesday afternoon, evening sometime. Um, but Kevin McKernan is a, a PCR expert, if you will, yep. a uh, scientist, uh, worked on the Human Genome Project, uh, has done the similar work for the cannabis. So he has the, uh, the cannabis, he's, you know, uh, I don't know what the right term, I'm losing my, uh, wor- my words here, but uh, has done the uh, cannabis genome and published that as well to the public record so people can have access to that. Um, but the story reads here in the Brownstone Institute, the story begins with Kevin McKernan, a scientist with 25 years experience in the genomic field and leading expert in sequencing methods for DNA and RNA. He has worked on the Human Genome Project and more recently, medical genomics involving DNA sequencing. That's kind of what I basically said there. So in the process of trying to sort out sequencing problem, McKernan used anonymously sent Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 bivalent vaccines to act as mRNA controls. And so he's trying to do a, uh, some kind of sequencing, and this is something that we'll ask for more uh, specification on. I don't yeah. wanna need to break it down here right now. Um, but basically found what is described here as plasmid uh, should not have been there, plasmid DNA in these vials of vaccine. So basically they were contaminated with DNA and RNA, I believe as well. But again, this plasmid DNA is seemingly a problem um, because it can be active in the body after it's basically injected, right? So if, you know, these are two, or, you know, these are anonymous vials, you know, a very obviously small sample size of uh, testing here. But, I mean, if this is if this is real and there's, you know, contaminated vaccines being distributed all over the world to the tunes of, you know, tens of millions of vaccines, I could see this not going well, <laughs> to say the least. I, mean, I think the problem comes back to, and we'll, we'll go more into this with uh, Mr. McKernan, it there's so much we don't know and we didn't know and therefore i if you want to emergency rush this thing on fine but man you got to go with like the population that is at risk and it was not everybody that's the simple reality so is and people kept pointing out hey it's possible that this is going to happen and they got laughed out of the room like idiots they just don't understand there's no way and now it's like, hey, there does appear to be some DNA in at least some of these vaccine sequencing. They're like, oh, well. Yeah. And it probably doesn't mean anything anyway. Yeah. And so, you know. And the reality is it might not mean anything, but we don't know. Right. And so here's the, you know, the the kicker in the in the article here. It's like the Pfizer and Moderna vials of bivalent vaccine that McKernan tested were contaminated with DNA. DNA encoding the spike gene and potentially capable of inserting into genome of an organism. So... This is the, the, obviously the this is a could be a serious health issue if the vaccine is able to, you know, insert this contaminant uh, DNA into the person. I mean, it's <laughs> it's all the things that we, uh, you know, all the conspiracy theories we're talking about at the beginning of the, you know gene therapy and blah 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 whatever. In an accidental discovery here it might actually have been somewhat true or some weird variation of that. It seems terrible. So all the things we are assured couldn't be possible, not necessarily happen, but you can't say are impossible anymore. That's the problem. Yeah. You and just so, don't know. And so again, we're, I'm excited to talk to Kevin. We haven't talked to him in a little over a year. So, and this will be again, <clears throat> our first interview uh, with anybody. I feel like since we've gone exclusively to rumble. So, um, I see it getting talked about a little bit, and so... Let's dig in. Yeah, he was excited to come on, so we're excited to have him as always. And so a reminder, that interview is going to be uh, in two days, Wednesday, uh, June 7th, I think it is. So please check back with us uh, on that for that exclusive uh, interview, and uh, hopefully we'll have uh, his breakdown of this article and uh, some other things here. So I've seen him, uh, he's got his own Substack as well. Uh, I think this is it right here. So feel free to uh, subscribe to the, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his freaking name. He's got too many consonants and syllables. Fair. 
But anyway, he's got his own Substack. So subscribe there. I'll share that all with you guys uh, on, on Wednesday when we're done with the interview there. So, all right, Mr. Husong, anything uh, we would like to leave the folks with a little uplifting? Maybe uh, not swan eating? No. If you got to climb a fence to get the animal, you probably broke the law. It's just a good rule of thumb. Yeah, even for immigrants. Even for immigrants. And don't choke it to death. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, well, again, it's a terrible story. That's not what I wanted. That caught me so off guard when you said that. Like, I literally thought he broke into, a, like, a public oh, yeah. park and shot this thing. And I was like, oh, you listen, I get it. The swan pond's about as big as my backyard. But you, you're telling me it's, now he went into a fenced-off area in front of a police department, grabbed the swan by the throat, and just put it down, and then took the babies. That's weird. For pets. Something's off. Something's, or future meals. Maybe they had holiday, holiday dinners planned for those babies. Well, I think I it, never mind. Terrible. This is all. This is a terrible story. Oh, this is not how we want to end the story. It's so much worse than I thought it was. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. All right. All right. We'll see everybody Wednesday for the interview, and then again back uh, Monday for episode 136.